He should have taken a taxi. That was his first thought after he completed his descent and began to shoulder through the bodies toward the front of the platform. He held his briefcase flat against his crotch, like a shield. Women aren't the only ones who have to watch out for subway gropers. He'd learned that from personal experience. As he wedged his way forward, the bodies closed in around him. Old, young, black, white, male, female. Not people, just bodies. And as the bodies closed in, so did their heat. And their odors all mingled, the stench of a hundred human bodies, smells of sex and anxiety and fear, farts and urine and sweat and booze and garlic all mixed in a disgusting stew of human stink. He tried breathing through his mouth. The odors became tastes. He was afraid he might gag. He tugged at the knot in his necktie, felt dribbles of sweat begin to trickle down his sides, dampen the insides of his thighs, soak the back of his shirt under his linen jacket. He pulled the briefcase tighter against him, grateful for the thin but comforting barrier, unmovable in front of him. He was a head taller, this man, with a brown neck as thick as a telephone pole and a shaved brown scalp that glistened in the piss-colored light. Another body nudged him from behind, then settled against him. More bodies, bodies on both sides, bodies everywhere. They pressed his arms against his sides, holding him immobile with the heavy briefcase tight against his middle. It was oddly silent there beneath the street. Some muffled human sounds, breathing, grunting, no distinguishable voices, distant, mechanical sounds. Somewhere on the platform a radio, rock music and static. Why in hell hadn't he taken a taxi? He felt the vibrations through the soles of his feet. As the tremoring grew, the crowd seemed to shake itself like a dog in a dream, muttering, twitching its separate parts to separate rhythms as it came awake. And then he heard the rumble— and it became a roar, and with it the metal-on-metal metal screech as the train approached the platform. Thank God! The bodies pressed tighter against him, forcing his face up against the damp shirt of the enormous man in front of him. A hand snaked around from behind him, then an arm half-encircled him. A forearm against his chest forced the top half of his body backward, and an odd pinprick low on his back— and then, oh, Jesus, a shaft of pain, sudden, searing, unbearable. He threw back his head. He opened his mouth. He knew he screamed. He heard nothing but the metallic squeal of brakes and the hiss and rumble of the engine. He screamed again and again as a red-hot arrow of indescribable pain burned toward his heart, and bodies surged around him, and the train roared and screeched. That arm around his chest held him impaled on his pain. His knees buckled, his legs were suddenly cold, numb. He became detached from his body. He felt himself float above the crowd and drift there, separate now from the mob, looking down at them, looking down at himself and his pain. But he saw only fog. He had the urge to laugh. He instantly forgot why. A gentle voice in his ear said, Thank you.
I'll take that.